Daisy. And I'm Terry. And this is the, the Monday, Monday Mindset, Mindset Podcast. Podcast, where we share things of interest to us and hopefully to you. So let's get started with episode number four. In this week's episode, it's Daisy's turn to share something with us that she has come across and is interested in sharing. So what do you have today, Daisy? This is an episode of one of my favorite podcasts, and I know you like it too. It's Wangan Chatterjee's podcast, which is called Feel Better, Live More. And it was episode number 109 called Discover the Joy of Movement with Kelly McGonigal. And it was one of those episodes I listened to it while I was out and I had to keep trying to remember all the timestamps that I wanted to take notes from. So I had to listen to it again when I got home and took copious notes. You know, those ones where you just, oh, that's really interesting. I've got to write that down. I've got to get that quote. So I knew as soon as I started listening, it was going to be one of the ones that I wanted to share with you. Sounds good. As the title might have given you a clue, it's all about movement. She's written quite a few books and apparently this one is the one that's really nearest and dearest to her heart. I actually discovered that I've got another one of her books on my bookshelf when I was tidying up my bedroom earlier. <laughs> All to do with willpower. But this one is movement and she's found movement and exercise really beneficial for her mental health. She suffered from depression for a long time. I think she spoke about, you know, it going right back to her childhood. And she discovered quite early on that exercise really, really helped with that. So she said this is the book that she's been wanting to write for ages. There were lots of really uh, quotable things she said, but the big one for me, she, she says, movement is using your body to engage with life. And she talks about the difference between movement and exercise, how movement is just, well, is everything that you do to engage with life, as she said. And then she, she goes on to talk about exercise and, and how it's got a bit of a bad rap, really, often has a lot of negative connotations. Uh, can be seen a bit, as she says, a punishment for enjoying life and a penance maybe for eating certain kind of foods. It just has this negative connotation to it quite often that like I say it's just it's just seen as some kind of punishment and she said we just need a mindset reset so you you can <laughs> you can imagine oh she's talking <laughs> about mindset that's going to be great for the podcast about movement what it is and why we do it and she talked a lot about how it's really important to come to exercise in the right frame of mind so not to approach it from a place of fear or shame or guilt, but rather pleasure, fun, strength, empowerment, all these kind of things. And these are the kind of things that you should be feeling when you exercise rather than looking on it as a bit of a punishment. She talks over and over again about how it is so important to find something that you love doing absolutely key. So there's no point in forcing yourself to go running if you hate running. You know, you, you've got to find something that you love doing. And I think anyone who's not a natural born exerciser, should we say, will know that that, that is the key. And when you do find something you enjoy doing it, well, I've often thought it feels like you're not exercising. I think you can probably tell that I have those slightly sort of negative connotations around exercise, that it's it's not something that you do for fun. And she's all about trying to challenge that and trying to change how you feel about it. 
And for her, the biggest thing was music. And she was saying that that can be really key about changing your perspective of how you view exercise. And she talks about a lot of the problems that come up with exercise, uh, the sensations that you have that you feel are uncomfortable. So, um, for example, you know, you get out of breath or your, your heart starts racing a bit and, and you focus on those and it feels uncomfortable in some way. And from that come these negative thoughts like, well, I'm feeling out of breath because I'm really out of shape and I'm too old or I'm too fat or I'm too this or I'm too that. And you go away from it with all these negative emotions surrounding it. And, and you just come away with that kind of exercises, not for me. She maintains that music can really help change that. And by finding the right tracks for you, whatever that is. So if you, you know, you like something really energetic or the lyrics you find really empowering or she, you know, she talks about the kind of music that you just naturally feel you have to move to. And she says, by playing the music when you're doing a form of exercise, ideally you're finding one that you like you twist those feelings. So those feelings that before you were focusing on the discomfort now become something else. I'm sweating and I'm out of breath because I'm having fun and I'm getting strong and, you know, I feel confident and empowered by doing this. And that's the kind of perspective that you're going to be left with and is you're going to be more likely to want to go back and do it again. So she's all about building the momentum, you know, you, you said before that we're going to keep coming back to these sort of same principles. And this I felt really tied into that really well, that you just start changing your perspective about the way you view it. And then she goes on to talk about all the different benefits that you can get from movement in whatever form you've decided to do it. And she says, you know, that it's really important to start by just finding something that's small and accessible. And Rongan has this lovely example that he's, I've heard him speak about it before in his, in his book, I think. He talks about this mother and daughter that came into his, his clinic. Their relationship was struggling and they were both, I think the mother had come in specifically about weight problems and the daughter also had some weight issues and it was clear that they also had some relationship problems and he noticed that the daughter had earbuds in and was always listening to music and did that typical sort of teenage rolling her eyes when she had to take the earbuds out and, and come into the appointment. And so he thought, ah, oh, you know, I think I know something we can do here. And he suggested... He prescribed them five minutes of dancing every day and he asked them to choose some tracks that they both enjoyed and for every evening to spend five minutes dancing together. And they both sort of looked at him like this, you know, this was a bit silly, but they right. said, yeah, you know, I'll give it a go. And when they came back the next time, they both came in with smiles on their faces it was clear that they were getting on much better. And apparently they'd really enjoyed this so much so that they were extending it to 
longer times you know they were they were spending 15 minutes doing it they were um, preparing meals together they had this like ripple effect where they were starting to eat more healthily so as a consequence they actually started the mother started losing some of the weight that she had to lose their relationship was better just all these things started spiraling in the right direction from this five minutes of dancing to music that they enjoyed every day. And Kelly really loved this. She she jumped on it and she talked about it being an upward spiral, which I really liked. I just liked that. Again, going back to things we've talked about before, you talk about these downward spirals, don't you? When you, if you know your mood's going down, you just feel like everything's spiraling down. But it's also possible to have an upward spiral and for things to start going up the other way. This isn't in response to that, but in general, one of the things, it's interesting as I'm listening to you because it's really highlighting, and I don't remember any details of it, but research I had learned years ago about exercise with music and how much more benefit people got from it, how much longer they were able to work out or or move, more intensity, that if they did the same physical activity without music Mm. or with music, just how much it increased the effectiveness of what they were doing and their enjoyment of it. So it sounds like she's really found a way to highlight that. I've certainly found that. I know when I was doing the Couch to 5K and I made some different playlists and I would, you know, depending what my mood was, I'd put on different playlists and it definitely helps you helps you get through something that you might not necessarily otherwise enjoy as much but obviously if you can combine that with something that you actually enjoy doing all the better and interestingly enough she goes on to talk about how different forms of exercise release different neurotransmitters and she was talking about the difference everyone knows about endorphins right everyone talks about endorphins you get that endorphin rush she was talking about the runner's high and she was saying that actually it's not an endorphin rush she talks about something called persistence high and she says that it's endocannabinoids that are released and she says that it's the continuous movement that tells your brain, we're going to be doing this for a while, so we need some kind of payoff. But she talks about the difference with those compared to endorphins. She says endorphins are known to sort of block pain and create euphoria, whereas the endocannabinoids dampens discomfort. And she says it can lower things like stress and anxiety. You'll often hear people who run talking about that. And I know I've, I've found it actually. I've got out of it and I need to get back into it because I did, I don't enjoy the thought of it, but I did actually enjoy the process. And I can remember getting really stressed, having an email conversation with somebody. And I knew what would help would be to go for this run and playing certain music and 20, 30 minutes of that. And it does, it dampens those feelings but interestingly what she spoke about was that from an anthropological point of view we're built for this continuous movement and we're built for this continuous movement in communities so the release of these neurotransmitters in particular encourages good social relations 
So it encourages you to get on well with other people. I, I mean, I just, I just found it fascinating. But then she went on to talk about that if you want this endorphin rush, so if you want to release the endorphins, what you need to do is to add more intensity, other people or music. So she was saying you, you can actually play around with the type of exercise you're doing and then add these different things in it to get this release of different neurotransmitters to really get the maximum benefit from the experience. It was fascinating stuff, particularly, obviously, for if you're not feeling good. So if you've got stress, mm -hmm. if you've got anxiety with depression, she talks about movement being a great reset for your mood and brain chemistry. And interesting, like depending on what your need is, if you need the more excitatory kind of high of the exercise, or if you need it to be more calming, that seems really important because I think many of us have often just felt exercise or movement as that thing we're supposed to do or have to do, mm. and we should just suffer through it. And you're really highlighting that we could use it more strategically to meet needs that we have. Absolutely. I really like that aspect of it, that you could use it more as a tool. And the other thing that she talked about as being quite important was when you chose to do it. So she was saying, and again, you see, if you have this connection between your mood and this association that it can improve your mood. She was encouraging you to think about when you might need that mood lift. So she was saying for her, she's one of these people who wakes up, not depressed, but she sort of wakes up being, she needs to be sort of dragged out of it a bit. She needs, she just wakes up on a bit of a downer. And so for her, exercising almost as soon as she gets up is the time that she needs to exercise and that sets her up for a day. And then she used as an example, which I, I found this fascinating, I think it was police officers and they had found that a great time for them to exercise was when they'd finished their shift and they were going home, but they'd had that stressful day at work and they didn't want to take that home with them. So they would have this time this exercise routine that would reset them to go home in a positive frame of mind. So I really liked how it's not only a question of finding an exercise that you enjoy, then having these things that you can add on to it to boost it and thinking about the type of exercise that you use to get the kind of boost you need, but then also about when you apply that. And I just, I found it fascinating how everything, you know, how it all ties in together. And it really, even before I start, you know, I start trying to implement some of these things. I just found it fascinating to think about it in that way. I think especially as you're describing it, again, I keep thinking from the frame of what exercise has meant to me. And I think to a lot of people, it's just this obligatory thing. Mm. And that I really could now start thinking of it of, what do I actually need? Do I need that morning thing that gets me going? Or do I need something at the end of the day that calms me more and allows me to work off some of that tension or stress from the day? I never thought of it that way. I thought of it more, I'm too tired in the morning or you know some other factors, but this really makes me have to think about the real goal of what the movement or exercise means for me. 
And I love those manageable little chunks. I mean, she talks about, obviously, you're going to get more benefit by doing more prolonged periods of exercise. But, you know, you've got to start somewhere. And it goes back to the gratitude journal. It's finding something that seems achievable. Well, for most people, if you said, okay, well, what I want you to start with tomorrow is to pick your favorite track. You turn it on. You start moving however you want and you stop when the track ends. That's going to be what, three minutes? You could be doing while the kettle's boiling or something. So it's, it's something, something as small as that that could actually have quite a big benefit on your mood. And then, as we've talked about before, these ripple effect, this momentum, that could start them building into something else. There was a bit of a caveat that she spoke about and she said that if you're in a period of depression, that your brain might not give you those instant rewards that she's talking about. You know, she talks about movement being an immediate reset for mood and brain chemistry. But she said, if your mood is really depressed, that might not happen. And she said that movement is one of the only things you can do to get your brain to remember how to experience reward and hope. And so she says, knowing that, what you need to do is just try and push through that initial discomfort or that initial period where you're not getting the reward that you think you should be getting, that she's saying that you could be getting, and just push a bit forward to that slightly more long term Mm -hmm. and it will come. I find it fascinating all these things potentially that you can do to really improve your mood if you're not feeling great. You know, even if you are feeling great to improve it from from that state. It also helps, I think, as you're describing it, to make it more manageable. You know, if you're feeling down or you're feeling lethargic or whatever, it doesn't have to mean go for an hour long run. Mm. Do a few minutes of movement and build. I guess the powerful thing for me as I'm listening to you is just how much you're reframing and she reframed the thoughts about movement, the benefits of it, and not using it like against ourselves, like you said, as punishment or something obligatory versus I want to feel good. I want those endorphins or the cannabinoid system to be activated. I can do that. I don't have to have some outside source to do that. Mm. It's amazing what we can do. Yeah, you almost game the system. It's you know people talk about biohacking. It, it, it's it can actually be incredibly easy to do it. Mm. And being outside is something that I've forgotten to mention that she mentioned that how much that can impact the effect as well. And I've certainly found that. I've really reconnected with being outside and doing some gardening. You know, I found myself digging over a border and thinking I'd finish for the day, come in and have dinner, finish my dinner. It's still light outside. It takes ages to get dark here at the moment. And thinking, well, you know what? You know, it's really nice and cool this time of day. It's not as hot as it is during the day. I've got an hour or two before it's going to get dark. I'm going to go and do some more digging. (laughs) So, you know, this is just this momentum that builds. And that's my point, really, that you just start with something small, something manageable, like getting up and dancing to your favorite music track. And who knows what you'll feel like doing tomorrow and next week. 
And then all these things are then going to feed back in to improving your mood, alleviating your stress, your anxiety, whatever it is. So it, it certainly inspired me. So hopefully, maybe it will inspire someone else out there who's thinking to themselves like I do. I, I'm just not, I'm not an exercise type person. Yeah, but I think as you've really highlighted it, it's not about you have to become an exercise person. Just learning to embrace the idea of movement mm. and using it to help meet some of those emotional needs, some of those physiological needs, and do it in a way that feels good rather than something that's just something you have to check off your list. That's right. She was saying that's all exercise is. It's something that you choose to do because you derive some benefit from it or some pleasure from it. It's something you've chosen to do. Like if you choose to go for a run, you're running because you want to run. You're not running because you're running away from a tiger. You're not running because you have to, you're running because you want to. And that's all the exercise is. It's a form of movement that you've chosen to do because you want to do it. It's not a punishment. <laughs> that's right. Well, Daisy, this has really been interesting and I'm aware of our time. <laughs> so I want to make sure that we stick to our commitment of keeping these in kind of bite-sized pieces for people. I know that you've given me some thoughts that I can start to incorporate right away. So I, I really appreciate that. Well, I'll just end with then, I have written something down here that I wanted to mention as a wrap up. Kelly talks about that there's evidence that if you exercise, you have better interactions with other people for the next 24 hours. And there are positive changes to your brain chemistry, but also mindset and how you feel about yourself. So there you go. I always like something. So you could spend half an hour exercising and you get the benefits for the next 24 hours. That seems like a good payback to me. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm going to try it. That's going to be me tomorrow. I'm going to choose my dance track and I'm going to go out on my deck and dance as if no one's watching. And they're not watching. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, we hope everyone enjoyed today's episode and found some things in here that you can use to help in your mindset and make your week a great week. Take good care. Have a great week. Bye.